Warning, this podcast contains graphic details of murder and other offenses. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of Innocence Lost Kids That Kill. I'm your host, Nicole, and today's episode is going to be a little on the graphic side, so I just wanted to warn anybody who might be triggered by severe abuse of little children. This one definitely made me about half sick. So with that, let's get on to it. So this episode comes from us from across the pond in England, and my sources for today's episode come from articles from allthatsinteresting.com, metro.co.uk, bbc.com, and an article out of theguardian.com. Now, the case I'm going to be talking about is of two-year-old James Bolger and his 10-year-old murderers, Robert Thompson and John Venables. So, here we go. Our case this week comes to us from Walton, Liverpool, England, and would be a case that would haunt people to this day. Our victim this week is James Patrick Bolger, who was born March 16th of 1990 and would be two years old at the time of his murder. His killers would be 10-year-old boys, Robert Thompson and John Venables, who were both born in August of 1982, Robert on the 23rd and John on the 13th of August. So, to start this case, his mom and James were at a shopping center, shopping, at the New Strand Shopping Center in Boodle. And upon checking out of the store that they were in, his mom would take her eyes off of him for what felt like a second, only to have her son kidnapped by two boys who were looking for a child to murder or to lure and murder. And you can see it on CCTV that Thompson and Venables um, would hold Bulger's hand leaving the shopping center. Now this day, Thompson and Venables were casually observing children most of the day. They were skipping school, which apparently was known to them. They did that a lot. They trolled um, the shopping center. Now, in order to lure the child, they would go on to shoplift candy, batteries, a troll doll, and a can of blue modeling paint. And this will come into factor down the line as we get into the murder. So like I said, James was with his mom, Denise, and she had just taken her sights off of him for a second and let go of his hand for just a second. And she said in interviews that she usually put James in a buggy, which is a stroller, 
But this time she didn't. And it would haunt her and still haunts her. In fact, she has blamed herself for what happened to him. And it's not her fault that two 10-year-old boys playing hooky would think, let's kidnap a kid and do what we're going to do. So Thompson and Venables would take Bolger to the Liverpool and Leeds Canal, which was about a quarter mile from the New Strand Shopping Center, where they would go on to drop the little boy on his head and, I guess, punch him in the face, and he would have injuries to his face. Now, apparently the boys joked about pushing him into the canal, but they didn't. And I'm wondering if maybe it's because there was witnesses around, because a few people who um, had seen the boys, seen that Bulger was crying his eyes out. And they would end up walking two and a half miles across Liverpool, where they would be seen by 38 people. 38 people seen this little boy crying, and only two challenged the 10-year-old boys. But... Both boys would go on to say that Bolger was either their brother or that he was lost and they were taking him to a police station. Now, as a mom, if I seen two 10-year-old boys and they told me, hey, I'm looking for a police station, guess what? I'm walking with you. This ain't going to happen. Um, I'd call 911. We have cell phones now. They didn't have that back in, in 1993, which is when this case happened, but... Bet me if I wouldn't be walking with these two 10-year-olds to the police station. But that's neither here nor there. So at one point, the older boys took James into a pet store to which they were ejected because apparently most stores have a policy where you can't be in the store without an adult. This was probably one of those stores. So eventually, the boys would walk to Walton and would end up standing across the street from the Walton Lane Police Station. And they hesitated for a second or two and then would lead Bulger up a steep bank to a railway. And this would be close to the local cemetery. Now... This is where it gets graphic, and I apologize, but it's part of the case. So, the two boys would get him out of the view of anybody, onlookers, the police station. And once they got him to the rail yard, they threw the blue paint that they had shoplifted earlier into James's left eye. And then would go on to kicking, stomping, and throwing bricks and stones at him. And at one point did strike him with a large railway bar. Fish plate is what it's called. 
And this would be a 22-pound bar that they would strike James's head with. And they stuffed batteries in his mouth. And upon his autopsy, they would make the observation that it's possible they did stick some in his anus, but none were found there when he was found. Now, Bolger suffered so many injuries that it was hard for them to state which injury was the fatal blow. However, James would be laid across the railroad tracks because Thompson and Venables thought they knew more about the law. And if they they thought if they laid him across the railroad tracks that people would think that he was killed by a train. But let's be honest here, the kid the little boy was struck so many times that he had 42 total injuries. Nobody's going to buy that a train did that. So, after leaving James on the railroad tracks, they would weight his head down and hope that a train would hit him. And that there would be no way to prove that anybody had murdered him or that it would be a accidental death. Now, a train would come through later in the day and would sever James's body in half and would be discovered by a group of children. So now we have children discovering the body of a little boy that had been murdered by other children. It, it blows my mind. However, the pathologist testified that he was definitely deceased before the train would hit him. And they would be charged on the 20th of February of 1993. And let me be completely um, honest here. They definitely should have been charged as adults, but they weren't. And that's another thing that floors me is that they were old enough to commit murder and believe me at 10 years old you know the difference between what's right and wrong I don't really care what anybody has to say about that um but they were charged as juveniles and we are going to get into that part in just a second of the court case After John Venables and Robert Thompson were arrested, um, the community was absolutely shocked that these two were just 10 years old. Now, early reports and police statements were saying that it was two youths, what people assumed would be teenagers. And 
based on the crappy CCTV footage, it they didn't look like they were 10-year-old boys. And what would affirm their arrests would be forensic tests that the boys both had the blue paint on their clothing and both had James's blood on their sneakers. And the pattern on James's right cheek would be the shoe pattern worn by Robert Thompson. So the fact that they were able to confirm that two 10-year-old boys were murderers, just like I said, it, it it's one of those things where you don't expect it. Now, they were both charged on, like I said, February 20th of 1993. And through their trial, they were referred to as Child A, which was Thompson, and Child B, which was Venables. And it was because they were 10-year-old boys. And while awaiting their trial, they were held in um, a juvenile facility because, let's be honest, people wanted to whoop these kids' asses for what they did. And it goes to show when the trial starts that 500 protesters would show up outside of the court during the boys' initial court appearances because the parents, where were the parents? I mean, it's just one of those things. How are these boys skipping school and the parents don't know? And it's bothersome. And it would come out later that Thompson and Venables had actually tried to abduct another little boy. However, this child's mother seen what was going on and thwarted that attempt. Now, the boys had no empathy. They lacked remorse, in my opinion. Um, during the hearings and they were 11 years old by the time they would go to court in November of 1993 and they would become the youngest yes the youngest two convicted murderers of the 20th 20th century and the judge even told the two boys quote the crime you committed is unparalleled evil and barbiturate. In my judgment, your conduct was both cunning and very wicked, end quote. Which, rightfully so, I don't know a 10-year-old, my son is almost 10 years old, and I don't think for a second he would think about doing that to a two-year-old. Um, it makes you wonder what their home lives were like. Now, I do know some article that I did read said that Venables' mom was an alcoholic and his dad disappeared years prior to this. 
Now, I'm not saying the parents are fully to blame, but be more active in your children. And I'll leave that there. So after the trial, the two would be detained in different juvenile facilities. Thompson was held in Barton Moss Security Care Center in Manchester, England, and Venables was detained to the Verity House, a small eight-bedded unit at Red Bank Secure Unit in Merseyside. Now, these locations were not publicly known until after the boys were released. And I'm going to say that was to protect these two from the press and people who were disgusted by the whole situation. Now, they would get out and you don't really hear too much about Thompson. After he got out, he kind of just vanished. Now, both boys were given new identities when they were released. Do I agree with that? No, not at all. But because they were youth offenders, this is why they were given the new identities. Now, I am going to warn you, do not try finding their new identities because it can lead you to getting a charge. So I didn't do that. I did read that. Um, and upon prior to their release, a lot of people... Um, didn't want it. They didn't want these boys released. They had already killed at such a young age. What was to keep them from doing it again? Now, once they were given the new identities, like I said, there was something called an injunction, which protected their new identities from becoming public knowledge. And like I said, don't go looking for it. Could because if you do, there's a possibility of you being charged yourself. So, um, so poor James's parents really went through it. Um, their marriage broke down because of the murder, and they would divorce later, and both would be remarried. Now, like I said, the boys were given new identities. They were both released. Um, both parents were against the release. They had quite regularly opposed what was going on. Unfortunately, because they were sentenced as juveniles, they couldn't be charged. And that's where I find the issues with that. Um, they couldn't be charged as adults. So, like I said, you couldn't really find much on Robert Thompson after he was released. However... James' other murderer, John Venables, was quite a psychopath. 
and he was released in 2001 at 18 years old and it just i don't know it makes me sick to even think that after he got out he would go on to have girlfriends and they would be young girlfriends and it was presumed because Venables had a delayed adolescence which I don't give a shit he shouldn't have been dating younger girls at 18 after he did what he did so in 2008 a probation officer would arrest Venables on suspicion of a fray which was following a fight outside of a nightclub. And he claimed he was acting in self-defense. He did... The charges would be later dropped. Now, in 2010, he would go back to jail. For what? Child pornography. And... James's mom said she was angry that the parole board never told her he went back to jail for child porn. So it just goes to show you that he really didn't change while he was in prison. In fact, he had 57 indecent images of children over a 12-month period and why wasn't he being looked into more it i think to be honest he got a new identity he still should have been checking in and he should still should have been Dealing with other stuff. Now, in 2017, he would go back to jail for possession of child sexual abuse imagery. Clearly, lesson still not learned. So, Venables was charged with that. He pled guilty to the possession and would go to prison for three years and four months. In September 2020, he was denied parole and was scheduled to be have a parole hearing in October of 2022, and that was postponed, and nothing else has been um, heard from him um, in the case of James. Now, like I said... Or John, excuse me. It was John Venables, not James. James is our victim here. And I'm just going to put this out there. I don't understand how 10-year-old boys skip school. And apparently, based on the research I was doing, they skip school quite a bit. And I know here in the States, when you skip school so many times, your parents find out and... Most times they are charged with truancy law. And I just don't know how things over there work, per se. And 
I feel like John really didn't learn a thing while in prison. Because he kept doing it. But at the end of the day, our victim was a two-year-old boy. And he was only out shopping with his mom. And 30 seconds would change all their lives forever. And it's mind-boggling, like I said, that these two were in the mall trying to lure children that day for their own sick pleasure. And I'm going to say that that is the case of two-year-old James Bolger and his 10-year-old murderers. Now, I do want to make it public knowledge that I was releasing episodes on Mondays, but for the foreseeable future, it's going to be Fridays because my son has soccer practice on Mondays and Wednesdays and soccer games on Saturdays. So I'm super busy with that, but I promise every other Friday you will get a new episode from me. And I also want to make people aware that I am going to cover a local case that is unfolding as we speak in my local area in Pennsylvania. And it's not settled yet. It just happened. We had a 12-year-old boy shot in the back by a 13-year-old boy. And depending on if this case goes to trial, I do plan on using vacation time to sit through the trial and... I'm planning on covering this case. I am going to reach out to his mom and make sure that she's on board with me covering the case of her son. I'm not going to release his name here because it is public knowledge now, but I don't want to hurt her in any way. I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to reach out for her, to her first, but we did have a local case of kid-on-kid violence, and I do plan to cover that so said that his mother allows it. Um, if you have any ideas on episodes, please let me know. I have a Facebook group, Innocence Lost Kids That Kill, on Facebook. I am getting ready to start a Patreon where you can get a membership and ad-free episodes. I know there's not ads yet, but they are coming and I wanted to thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast, and I hope to see you again in two weeks. Thanks. Bye. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to Innocence Lost Kids That Kill. I hope to see you again in two weeks with our next episode. Please rate and subscribe and let me know what you think of this podcast. Follow us on social media at Facebook, Innocence Lost, Kids That Kill. And shortly, I will have an Instagram page as well. So until next time, have a good night. Bye.